from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. I hope everyone's having a great, great day and a great midweek. It's Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. If you didn't check out my CISO Talk podcast yesterday with my good friend Andy Ellis, you missed out. Andy yesterday launched his book, 1% Leadership on Amazon. You can find the link in the show notes. Go and get your copy now. We talked a lot about leadership, about his previous roles in security as a CISO, and how that attributed to him writing his book. So a lot there. Go and unload that today at some point or put it on your uh to watch or to listen to list. You don't want to miss it. This is a talk podcast. It's a separate podcast. Go look and find it on your favorite podcast listening platform or go to our YouTube channel where you can see all of our content in one's place as well as on our website at cyberhoutpodcast.com. Packed show this morning. Let's go ahead and get started. Before we do that, they're joining me in a coffee cup. Cheers. Um, my double espresso coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. We'll start with a takedown of the red line malware that's been disrupted after the GitHub repository was taken down by... ESA, uh, a piece of commodity malware active since at least the early 2020s. The Redline Stealers are in a .NET packs of broad data exfiltration capability. The malware targets system information, cookies, and other browser data, browser data, login credentials for various applications and services, credit card information, and crypto wallets. Redline was seen being offered by 23 of the 34 Russian-speaking groups that were distributing info stealers last year. Each of the group had an average of around 200 members. Redline is sold on underground forums and Telegram channels. Affiliate purchase access to an all-in-one control panel that acts as a command and control server, allowing them to generate new samples and manage stolen information. Security researchers identified four repositories and alerted the Microsoft-owned collaboration platform GitHub, which suspended the repositories, thus disrupting operations. So that's a good step in that direction. YouTube video is distributing Aurora Stealer malware, according to researchers who have detailed the inner working of a highly evasive loader named N2L5DP3 Inner 4 or read invalid printer, <laughs> um, quite creative, that's used to deliver the Aurora information stealer malware. The invalid printer loader is compiled with an uh, Embracadro RAD Studio and targets endpoint workstation using advanced anti-VM techniques. According to Morphosec, Aurora is a Go-based information stealer that emerged on the threat landscape late last year, offered as a commodity malware to other actors, distributed through YouTube videos and SEO-poised faked cracked software download sites. Clicking the link present, present in YouTube video descriptions redirects the victims to decoy websites where they're enticed into downloading the malware under the garb of a seemingly legitimate utility. The loader analyzed by Morphosec is designed to query the vendor ID of the graphic card installed on the system and compare it against the list, a set of allowed listed vendor IDs. And if the value doesn't match, the loader terminates itself. During the ejection process, all the loader samples resolve the necessary win API dynamically and decrypt those names using an XOR key for invalid printer, according to Arnold Ospiov and Michael Derevinchkin. So... Another crucial aspect of the loader is that it's using its Embarcadero RAD Studio to generate executables for multiple platforms, thus enabling it to evade detection. Uh, those with the lowest detection rate on virus total are compiled using a BCC64.exe and a new Clang-based C++ compiler from the company as well. 
This compiler uses a different code base, such as standard library and runtime library. Uh, in a nutshell, the findings show the threat actors behind Invalid Printer are leveraging social engineering methods for high-impact campaign that employ YouTube as a malware distribution channel. So there's a lot there, and this isn't the first one. Apparently, there's been other malware loaders like RS uh, Loader that's also marked um, and using YouTube as well. And this kind of goes around the policy, around education, um, et cetera, on YouTube. This will specifically target marketing people, though. They're typically the ones looking for these YouTube statistics. The U.S. and U.K. Uh, warn of government attackers using custom malware on Cisco routers. The U.S., U.K., and Cisco are warning of a Russian state-sponsored APT-28 deploying a custom malware named Jaguar Tooth on Cisco iOS routers, allowing unauthenticated access to the device. Fancy Bear is the other name for APT-28, is a state-sponsored group linked to Russia's staff main intelligence directorate, the GRU. The group has been attributed to a wide range of attacks, both on Europe and U.S. interests, and are known to abuse zero-day exploits. A joint report released today by the NCSC and CISA and the NSA and FBI details how uh, APT-28 um, are exploiting an old SNMP flaw on the Cisco iOS routers to deploy a custom malware named Jaguar Tooth. Jaguar Tooth is a malware injected directly into the memory of Cisco routers running older firmware versions. Once installed, the malware exfiltrates information from the router and provides unauthenticated backdoor access to the device. It's a non-persistent malware in, in that it's targeting the iOS routers running firmware C5350-ISM version 12.3 uh, parentheses 6, according to the advisory. It also includes functionality to collect device information, which it exfiltrates over TFTP and enables unauthenticated backdoor access. It has been observed being deployed and executed via exploitation of the patch SNMP vulnerability CVE 2017-6742. To install the malware, the threat actors scan for public Cisco routers using weak SNMP community strings, strings such as the commonly used public string. If a valid SNMP community string is discovered, the threat actors exploit the vulnerability fixed in June of 2017. The vulnerability is an unauthenticated remote code execution flaw with publicly available exploit code. So um, if you haven't updated it, then that's definitely something you want to do now. Uh, this is obviously following other attacks uh, on Cisco and state-sponsored type of malware. This is Malware Wednesday, after all. Goldison Malware is sneaking into the Google Play apps. It's raking up over 100 million downloads. The malware can steal data, track locations, perform click fraud, which was inadvertently built into apps via an infected third-party library. Again, looking at the supply chain risks here, this is significant. This was a uh, Goldstone, uh, Goldison, sorry, discovered and named by researchers at McAfee Lab can perform a variety of nefarious activities on Android-based devices. According to the blog post, the malware can collect lists of applications installed as well as sniff out the location of nearby devices through Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. It can also perform ad fraud by clicking ads in the background without the user's consent or knowledge. Some of the popular apps affected by the Goldison include L.Point with L.Pay, Swipe, Brick Breaker, Money Manager, Expenses and Budget, Lodi Cinema, Live Score, and GOM. The researchers found more than 100 million downloads of infected apps on Google Play and 8 million on one, South Korea's leading mobile app store. McAfee reported the infected apps to Google, which quickly notified developers that their apps were in violation of Google Play policy and that they needed to fix the apps. They do not mention in their post if they contacted the one app store. 
Goldstone is a, uh, the Goldstone library registers a device right after it infects it, acquires remote configurations from a C2 server as the app runs simultaneously. It evades detection by both varying and obfuscating the library name and the remote server domain, which each application developers dubbed it Goldstone because this is the first domain name they found. A remote configuration contains the parameters for each of the app's functionalities and specify how often it runs the component. Based on the parameters, the library periodically checks, pulls device information, and sends them to remote servers. Uh, the malware requests permission to access location storage and or the camera at runtime from device running Android 6.0 or higher. If location permission is allowed, the infected app can access not only GPS data, but also Wi-Fi and Bluetooth from nearby devices, which gives them more accuracy in locating the infected device, especially indoors, especially on your own network. The existence of the Goldison demonstrates once again how swiftly malicious activity can spread when it's part of a third-party or open-source component. Uh, this was well documented in the Apache log4j debacle and many, many others. There is a demand for transparency. We'll see if we'll ever get there. Microsoft uh, is saying that Iranian hackers are behind retaliatory cyber attacks on several cyber on several U.S.-based organizations. Microsoft discovered Mint Sandstorm is conducting cyber attacks on U.S. critical infrastructure and what they believe to be retaliation for recent attacks on Iran's infrastructure. Mint Sandstorm is the new name for the Phosphorus Group, believed to work for the Iranian government and linked to the IRGC. In a new report, researchers over at the uh, Microsoft's threat intelligence team explained that a subgroup of Mint Sandstorm switched from performing surveillance to direct attacks on U.S. critical infrastructure. The theory is that these intrusions are in retaliation for attacks on Iran's infrastructure that the company attributed to the U.S. and Israel. These include the destructive attacks on Iran's railway system and causing an outage at Iranian gas stations, both in June of 2021 and October of 2021. Microsoft believes the current Iranian government is allowing these threat actors more freedom. Um, part of that is because, one, they've got the back now of Russia and China, uh, geopolitically speaking. Additionally, there's little deterrence happening on the U.S. and Israeli side at this time. Um, and Iran is emboldened uh, because they're now working with Russia on this. So, um, you know, been here in Israel now for for just a, a little over two weeks. Uh, the last nine or 10 days, um, there's been a series of cyber attacks uh, on different Israeli organizations and government institutions, as well as uh, the Israeli Post that I've reported on earlier this week and many others. Uh, these are all being attributed to Iran and Russia, according to people I'm speaking with. Um, again, um, this is significant. It's it's a change in the game. It's definitely going to be something we're going to want to pay attention to as practitioners uh, because our adversaries are getting bolder. And where we had deterrence because of our government policy, we now have policy that isn't enforced. And so there's very little deterrence. Uh, we've gone back to the 2014, 2015 days of very little deterrence for cyber attacks. Not that 2016 through 2022 weren't uh, or had any sort of deterrence. We had a little bit more deterrence, I believe, then than we do this year. Um, this year, it feels like our deterrence has significantly lacked. The UK cybersecurity chief is warning China's rise as, technology, as a technology superpower has dire ramifications and challenges for the entire West. China poses an epoch-defining challenge to the West, according to the head of the NCSC. Uh, Lindy Cameron, who's the director of the GCHQ arm, will use a speech in Belfast this week to warn the UK and allies of the dramatic rise of China as a technology superpower. 
The remarks are to be delivered at the Cyber UK Annual Conference. Comes as the US, UK, and Western nations attempt to navigate the growing economic and political reach of China. Concerns about China have now led the UK government to banning ministers from using TikTok on their work phones after a security review. The House of Commons and the House of the Lords also cited security concerns as they decided to ban the app owned by ByteDance. Uh, we cannot secure future technology without addressing the epoch-defining challenge that we are facing, the dramatic rise of China as a technology superpower. China has identified several existing and emerging technologies as being vital to its future national security, and it has an aspiration to become a world leader in setting technological standards. China is not only pushing for parity with Western countries, it's aiming for technological supremacy. It will use its tech strength to lever and achieve a dominant role in global affair. This, what does this mean for cybersecurity? We cannot afford to not keep pace, otherwise we risk China becoming the predominant power in cyberspace. Also very true, and China will now play hands-off, meaning they'll send the Iranians and the Russians and the North Koreans to do their bidding. Meanwhile, they'll be like, it's not us, it's them. We could talk to them, they're our friends, they're kind of in our circle. But meanwhile, China's really running point, it's providing all the infrastructure they need to launch these attacks, it's get training them, it's giving them everything they need in order to be successful at it, and that's worthy and noteworthy to, to pay attention to that's it for our show today we'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more to wrap up this week thank you all for tuning in have a great rest of your day and most importantly stay cyber safe we love feedback so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform